Good morning. Thanks for joining us bright and early, 9.30. I know, like, for many of us, if you're in college, 9.30, that's the middle of the night. So <laughs> thanks for joining. Um, my name is Hannah Mortimer, and I'll be teaching about evangelism. I'm really excited uh, to talk about evangelism. It's something that I'm really, really passionate about. Um, you know, Jesus Christ changed my life when I was in college, and, um, you know, my journey started in college, you know, right from the get-go, um, we had an evangelism team with our Chi Alpha, and um, when I was a junior, I just started shadowing people, and right from the start, I just had a heart for, for the lost, and it started in the prayer meetings, honestly, I don't believe you can be praying for something consistently and not develop a heart for, for it, you know? Um, and so my heart for the loss was birthed in the prayer room. Um, and that's really what drove me in evangelism. Um, and over the years, it's been something that I've continued to grow in and, and, and walk in um, a lot in. Um, I'm really excited about what the Lord's doing at Virginia Tech. I, I teach this breakout um, that I'm doing today to our student leaders um, at our leaders retreat going into the school year. Um, and each year we've seen a huge increase in salvations. Um, each year. Um, just this past semester, we saw 140 salvations in just one semester. And I know, praise God. But you know what the beautiful thing is? The majority of those salvations, I would say about two-thirds, did not happen in our large group services. I know. Those were our student leaders preaching the gospel on campus. I know. So about, I would say about 100 of those was, was on-campus salvations. Um, so I'm excited for this breakout. My, my goal is, is to help equip you um, the best I can, really more so the Lord does that. Um, but I hope to give you practicals. I am by no means um, would consider myself a professional in evangelism. Um, I'm growing in this too. Um, but I do hope to, I do have a lot of experience in this. You know, I have prayed hundreds of people into the kingdom um, on our campus and I'm, I'm excited to, to share what, what I do know, just the little amount that I do know. Um, and I hope to get to questions at the end if we have time. Um, sometimes I'm very long-winded. Um, I don't have any slides because I struggle with admin. Uh, but it's okay because I hope this is more interactive um, for you. So what we're actually going to do first, if you will find a partner. We just want partners of two really quick. If you could break into just partners of two part and establish partner one and partner two. <laughs> Okay, awesome. Have we established partner one and partner two? Awesome. Okay, partner one, you're going to share the gospel in two minutes, starting now. Go. I'm <laughs> sorry. 
Awesome. Um, but yeah, so I basically, I wanted to see where you're at right now in this moment. You know, if you did great, man, I'm so proud of you. Um, if you felt like you struggled a bit, um, let this be a humbling experience uh, to show where you need to grow a bit. And I want to encourage you that, again, we're all growing in our gospel articulation. I'm still growing in my gospel articulation. Your Chi Alpha directors, your staff, we're all continuously growing in our gospel articulation. And we're here to grow together today. Um, and so my hope is that you would grow in maybe areas you felt like you were weak when you just shared the gospel um, just now. And I, again, my, my goal, we only had, we don't have that much time. Obviously, when you're sharing the gospel with somebody, uh, you may have less or more time than that. Um, we just have a short time in our breakout session. Um, but I do think it's super important um, to actually, I do think you should understand how to share the gospel in two minutes minimum, and then know how to share the gospel longer than that. Um, you never know. You may be on the bus. you got two minutes before you get off at the next stop, and you stop and you want to share the gospel with, with the bus driver who you're sitting with. Maybe you're at the cash register, and you want to share it with the cashier, and you've got a line of people behind you. you only got two minutes. I think it's super important to know how to share the gospel in a short little bit and an extended bit. Um, so we're going to get into our... Um, our talk. So first off, what is the gospel? Yes. 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 The good news. <laughs> yes. The story of salvation, right? Christ's death, resurrection, offering grace and forgiveness. Um, the gospel books of the Bible are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, they share in detail uh, Christ's first coming uh, when he walked the earth. Um, although there are many scriptures we can draw from in other books um, in the New Testament and Old Testament, referring to the salvation of man in Christ's first coming. Um, but I do know today, if you ask the average church-going Christian today, you know, considering what's what's happening in the world in t- today in our culture, you're, they're gonna, you know, you're gonna ask them, what do we need to do? And um, most will respond, well, we need to go out and proclaim the gospel. But but exactly what does that mean by by you know proclaim the gospel? I think many Christians today fail to fully understand uh, the gospel and therefore are unable to share it. Even Christians that grew up in church, you know, you've heard the gospel a, a billion times, but do you know how to articulate? it yourself, you know, and have you tried to articulate it yourself? Um, I think this is also a humbling experience, no matter how churched you are, or how long you've been in Chi Alpha, or how long you've been following Jesus. Do I know how to articulate the gospel for myself? Um, if someone could read uh, 1 Peter 3.15, that would be amazing. <coughs> Stand up if you have it. Awesome. If you could read it, one of you could read it loud and clear. Sweet. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Sorry, I lost it. Okay. You said first Peter three fifteen? Yes. But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord is holy. Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. 
Yes, yes. Um, the, NS, the NASB version says, but sanctify, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give a, an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. Amen. That's why we are here. Um, so like I said, uh, some shocking news that I don't think is, is that shocking. Um, our culture is changing. Uh, it's, changed. it's still changing. You know, we live in a culture that, that isn't the same when our grandparents and our parents grew up, where it was a much more church nation. Um, it's very, actually, it happens almost every day where I meet people now that grew up in Virginia, um, in the Z generation and the millennials. I'll, I'll meet people on campus that grew up in Virginia that have never heard the name of Jesus. Um, you know, I, I remember I was doing, um, I was evangelizing to, to this one guy. I was at a race in, in Kentucky, um, and I started sharing the gospel with uh, this one uh, younger gentleman at the race and asked him if he knew who Jesus was, and he had no idea. And this was, guys, this was a white male that grew up in Kentucky. Like, this wasn't like it was an international, you know, from a foreign country, like, but it just goes to show this, this is where we're at. Um, this is where our culture is at. Um, it used to be, you know, in our grandparents' group, even if they're, you know, you were an atheist, most people had an understanding of, of at least who Jesus was um, and what Christianity uh, believed, um, you know. And so, and, and, you know, the churches aren't really teaching evangelism, um, so the schools are. And it's, and it's evolution, you know. Uh, the Bible is, is no longer part of the curriculum like it was for our grandparents. And, you know, God is, is there's a debate about taking God out of the Pledge of Allegiance, Um and so, again, we're in a very um, unchurched nation. Um, in general, um, there's some shock, shocking statistics that the American Research Group conducted a study. Um, and in this general population study, they asked, if you attend a church regularly as a child, do you still attend most Sundays or did you stop attending? And they found that 22% of people in their 60s who used to go to church have stopped attending. But with the millennial generation, that number was over half, 53%. Um, American research conducted uh, a focused research on these American millennials that have now left church. Uh, and the statistics revealed that two-thirds of, of young people are leaving the church in America by the time they reach college age. I know 80% um, of, of people that grew up in church when they go to college leave the church and walk away from their faith. Um, so you guys are, are of the, the 20%. Um, and so, again, very few are returning. So this is a, this is a huge exodus that we're seeing happen. Um, also, the American Research uh, Group conducted another study on millennials who still regularly attend church in, in, a, in America. And this is just of the 20%, which then gets even smaller, as you're about to see. So of that 20%, um, they said, they, they asked them, do you consider yourself born again? 40% of millennials of that 20% who attend church said no. They said, no, I don't, I don't consider myself born again. Uh, do you believe if you're a good person, you will get to heaven? 65% of, of those 20%, uh, those church-going millennials said, uh, do you believe if you're a good person, you get to heaven? Yes. Um, this means the 40% or even just that 20% um, is, is obviously way too low um, to consider saved. Um, so these statistics, again, they reveal something tragic happening in our coming, to our coming generation and, and in our, in, on all our campuses uh, to, um, to this generation. I think we are definitely in an, in an Acts 17 uh, generation 
Um, in Acts 2, Peter preached to, to Jews. Um, in Acts 17, Paul preached to the Greeks. And their approaches were, were very, very different, how they uh, approached sharing the, sharing the good news about Jesus, uh, because the, the worldviews of their audiences were very different. You know, the Jews in, in Acts 2, they had, um, they had some understanding of what the Bible teaches about creation, sin, and other topics. They understood that death originated because of sin. They knew about the blood uh, sacrifice, you know, the covering of their sin, um, as, as recorded in, you know, Genesis um, they're at the temple sacrificing animals, but the Greeks, they didn't have a foundational knowledge um, in Acts 17 of, of biblical teachings of creation and sin. And so we're becoming like the Acts 17 uh, culture where, where the Greeks are at. Um, and so Paul preaches the gospel to, to Mars Hill in Athens uh, to the Greeks who were, who were atheists and pantheists, and it was considered foolishness to them because um, um, they didn't, like I said, they didn't have that foundational knowledge. Uh, so again, uh, our culture has declined. Uh, biblical illiteracy is becoming the rule rather than the exception. Um, we have generations that just don't understand the Bible's original original plot. They don't even understand the beginning. Um, and therefore, they don't understand the subsequent message of Jesus dying on the cross and being raised from the dead. They don't understand why they need to believe in Jesus in order to be saved. I think we're, we're also very, uh, I think many times our pitfall in sharing the gospel is we only share the, the death and resurrection part. We don't talk about the bad news. There's no really good news unless, unless you have bad news many times. You know, why do we need a savior? Like, what's, what's wrong with us to begin with? Um, and so... I think today we're going to grow. Um, my hope is that we would grow. We're going we're gonna to talk together about how to preach the gospel articulately. Um, and my biggest thing, too, is, is when you share the gospel on campus, just after we've talked about all these statistics we've, that we've established, yes, their culture is declining. I think the biggest thing that I've learned over the years is when I meet people that say they're a Christian, I can't assume that they know what that means. Um, and so you can't, you can't assume that anymore. Um, so when I meet people on campus and, you know, I ask what they believe in, um, and when they say they're a Christian, I'm like, man, that's, that's amazing. I'm so happy for you. Like, what does that mean to you? I press further. Um, and majority of people, if I'm being honest, I, I really rarely meet anybody that knows what it, you know what I mean? That knows what salvation is. Majority of them will tell me, um, that say they're a Christian will tell me that they believe that they have to be a good person to get to heaven. Um, I don't. I don't really meet many people on our campus um, that know what it means to be a Christian or know what salvation is. Um, so again, don't just assume when you meet somebody that says they're a Christian, they know what that means. Um, and don't give up on sharing the gospel just because someone labels themselves a Christian. Um, and so what we're gonna do is um, we're gonna if you have if you're taking notes. What we're going to do is we're going to kind of outline like the foundation, the, the walls, and then the roof. So if you could maybe draw a little house, nothing articulate, you know, <laughs> very simple, just like a square and like a, a roof. Kind of just looks like that. Very simple. We don't need to go Picasso. Awesome. Okay, so what might be, we're going to do this together. 
Um, what might be uh, our foundation, you know, the, the base, the very bottom? Yes, yes, awesome. The fall of man. So um, creation, you know, sin and death, fall of man, write that on the bottom. Um, what might be some scripture uh, that talks about um, the fall of man? Yes, Genesis 3, awesome. Any others? Somewhere in like Romans 1 through 4-ish. Yeah, so he said somewhere in Romans 1 through 4-ish. Amazing. Romans 3, 23 is, is a good one. Um, any others? In Isaiah where it says, we all like sheep have gone astray. Yeah, yeah. So she said in Isaiah where it talks about we uh, all like sheep have gone astray. Uh, Romans uh, 5, 12 is also great. Awesome. So now we're going to build upon the walls. So what might one of our walls be? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So Jesus came, life of Jesus and the death on the cross. We'll make that our first wall. Jesus, death on the cross. And then what might be some scripture uh, to go with that, that wall? Yeah, John 3.16, amazing. Any others? Hmm? Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Romans 5.8 is also really good. Yeah, he said Isaiah 56. First uh, Peter two twenty four is is good, awesome. Okay, so now we're gonna do our other wall. Um, so what might, might be the other wall? <laughs> What'd you say? Yes, yes. Um, you could say God's love and desire for redemption, resurrection. I put resurrection of Jesus. Um, it didn't end there. Jesus didn't just die on the cross and it was over for us. He he rose from the dead show that he conquered sin and death. So we have the resurrection of, of Jesus. Um, what would be some scripture for that? What'd you say? Yeah. The wall? Oh, the law? Um, you know, I would I would cover that down in the fall of man so people understand, um, you know, sin and breaking the law um, through, and that was the, the result of the fall. Um, so that's where I would kind of talk about the law. Um, what did you say? What's the difference between the two walls? The two walls? One, I put Jesus' death on the cross, and then I put on the other wall the resurrection of Jesus. Yeah. Um... Some scripture that that I put would be, you know, Matthew 28, 5 through 6 would be just one. Obviously, we can use many more scriptures for all of our foundation. Um, John 11, 25 through 26 um, is also another great one for that. Um, and then what might our, our roof be? Yes, yes. So it could be uh, Jesus is coming back. Um, heaven, salvation, forgiveness of sins. Don't forget to ask them if they want to receive Jesus. 
Um, talking about the forgiveness of sins, what does Jesus offer us because of his death and resurrection? Um, we just had this, Jesus just did an amazing thing for us. What does that mean for us? Um, and so what, what could be some scripture we'd put for that? Yeah, John, you could use John 3.16 again. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, 1 Corinthians 15.23 is amazing. Any others? Yeah, Ephesians 2.8. Awesome. Yeah, Revelation 21. Yes, yes. 1 John is an amazing book. Yeah, Matthew 24.44 is awesome. Um Obviously, like I said, there's tons and tons more scriptures we could use for all of that. Um, but like I said, for the sake of time, we don't have time to go over every scripture in the Bible we could use for each point. Um, so, again, this is just a very short outline. Um, obviously, like we didn't even cover like lordship of, of, of Jesus. We didn't cover things that you would normally disciple. Um, this is just a, a simple outline. For the sake of time, I do think that there are things that should remain the same. I definitely think these should be your bullets um, and, and within your gospel pre- presentation, um, making sure that you hit on, on, these, on these four things in your gospel presentation um, and, then feel, and then elaborate if you, you know, and it, it, feel free to elaborate as much as you can. Um, and so I'll give an example of what it might look like putting these together. Um, and I'll share the gospel in, in two minutes because I'll never ask you guys to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. Let's see here. So I have a book here called the Bible and over 3000 times it says that it is the word of God. It has written down for us who we are, where we came from, what our problem is, and what the solution is. The Bible says that God created everything. He created the first man and woman, Adam and Eve. Well, Adam and Eve rebelled against God. And because we're all descendants of Adam and Eve, we're all sinners. We're all in rebellion against God. That's where sin came from. And so we're all eternally separated from God. Death is the consequence of that. But God had a plan for eternity because God is holy, perfect, and pure. And he can only dwell with what is holy, perfect, and pure. And we were no longer holy, perfect, and pure. So we were separated. But God's plan for eternity was that God sent his son to reveal the father and he put on a body and he lived a perfect life that showed what a relationship with Jesus looks like and what it looks like to live a life full of the spirit. But man didn't believe that he was who he said he was. So he was rejected and he was tortured and he was nailed to a cross to give you life. And he lived, he was the perfect man to die a sinner's death and go and take our punishment. But it didn't end there. He rose from the dead to show that he conquered our sin. And he promises that if you ask for your forgiveness and you put your trust in him, that he will forgive you. And he promises that you will dwell in eternity with him forever, offering you the free gift of salvation. So I did that in a minute and a half. Uh, Like I said, it wasn't perfect. Um, by no means I'm saying I'm, I do things perfectly. Like I said, that was just me doing it on the spot in, in a minute and a, and a half. Um, I like to go in deeper. If I'm in a good conversation, I like to spend longer sharing the gospel. But like I said, we don't have all the time in the world here. And I do think it's important if you only have a minute and a half with somebody that you know how to share the gospel in a minute and a half or two minutes. Um, so we're going to do this again. And we're going to hopefully um, put together what we talked about. <coughs> Um, so if you will get back in the, the partners that you had, 
Uh, the same partners that you had, partner one, partner two. If you weren't here for our first part, um, establish partner one and partner two if you walked in late. <laughs> Okay, awesome. Uh, partner one, start sharing the gospel in one and two minutes. Ready, go. Thank <laughs> you. 
30 seconds. Awesome. Good job, everyone. Good job, partner two. Bring it back in. Awesome. All right. Do you guys feel like you, you improved? Was there a little bit of improvement? Yeah? Yeah? A little bit? Okay, awesome. Good job. Guys, thanks for being, doing so amazing, just being thrown to the dogs. Oh, that's usually my goal. Uh, but anyway, I want to encourage you guys, continue to practice your gospel presentation and, and refine it. Um, one thing that I do with my life groups at, at, our, at our school, we call our Bible studies life groups. Um, but in my life groups that I do with my freshman girls um, that I continue to do every year is um, I pick someone for next week, me and my co-leader. This year I don't have a co-leader, but um, usually me and my co-leader will, will pick someone for next week uh, to share the gospel in two minutes to our large group, or not our large group, our, our Bible study um, next week. And what I love about that is, um, one, it can be intimidating, like, like you guys just experienced, to share the gospel on the spot, especially if you're you know, a new believer or you're a little freshman and, um, and you're a little more introverted. And so it gives you a whole week to prepare, um, gives them time to think, maybe read their Bible. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, prepare how to share the gospel. And in the meantime, as they're sharing, they're growing and learning how to articulate the gospel. The, the girls in my life group are growing and learning. And by hearing how someone else shares the gospel, we're all growing together. And then we'll continue to pick someone for next week. And again, we just do it two minutes, not like a 10-minute presentation, just a two-minute uh, articulation. So that's what I do with, with my life group. And we've even seen girls get saved at life group through, you know, those little two-minute moments uh, that we do at the end of our, uh, about our life group. So that's something that's, that's awesome that you could incorporate to your Bible studies uh, this semester. Um, work on incorporating even your story into the gospel um, by sharing how God saved you. I think some of the best evangelists uh, incorporate the gospel into their testimony. You guys each have a powerful story about how Jesus changed your life. Um, and I love, my, my favorite thing is learning how to take the gospel from, from a history story to, wait, it just got personal. Um, like, you guys each have a personal experience uh, with the gospel. Um, and I, the last thing I, I want it to be is, like, you're rehearsing some history story, you know? Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's awesome. You know, when I, when I share the gospel, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll start off with my story about how, man, Jesus changed my life when I was in college. I was addicted to, to drugs. I had an eating disorder, and I, I struggled with my value. And then the cross became a revelation of my value. And I'll go into the gospel from there, talking about how, how the cross was a revelation of my value. And I'll, I'll talk about what Jesus did for me. Um, that's, you know, so there's many ways that we can weave the gospel into our story. Um, um, like I said, I believe you should always be, be led by the spirit. Um, but I believe, also believe the pitfall of charismatic Pentecost, Pentecostals is that we all sometimes neglect the practicals. 
I think it's amazing. I value preparation. I value both listening to the Holy Spirit and preparation. I think we should we should have them both. Um, and so, like I said, that's why I love doing it with my life group. You know, we're teaching them how to prepare to share the gospel. You know, um, study the gospels foremost for your for your walk with God. Uh, but while you're studying it for your walk with God, uh, you know, take notes, write down scripture that stands out to you that you want to use in evangelism. Maybe um, God just hit you with some amazing truth that brought the gospel to life. Talk about it. You know, I, I love that. Um, one of my favorite things to do, and well, like I said, well, I'll talk about lots of lots of tips and resources and things like that. Um, we are Pentecostals. I, you know, we. I, I believe that. I deeply, deeply love the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit. I love Him so much. I think evangelism is an amazing time to grow in in words of knowledge, to grow in the prophetic. You, you see somebody on campus uh, with, you know, with a broken leg, offer to pray for healing, and and even and then afterward, tell them tell them about why. Man, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. I I believe that He's a healer. Do you know Him? You know, um, I've seen people get radically touched, even if they didn't give their life to Jesus. You know, they, they were touched. They planted a seed. You know what I mean? That, that a Christian would want to pray for them. Um, that someone would be so kind as, as to stop and, and notice them. Um, and so, again, um, practice the words of knowledge. You can, don't be afraid to miss it. Sometimes this is where God calls us to be childlike. You only grow, by, I believe, by, by practicing. Um, and... Um, and so, again, don't be afraid to, to practice growing words of knowledge. Um, I think many times I, I love leading with the word of knowledge, um, asking if they have back pain um, and saying, okay, awesome. Well, I'm a Christian and, you know, I, I love Jesus and he loves to talk to me. Um, and I believe that, that Jesus revealed that about you because he loves you. And can I pray for your back? You know, um, sometimes, you know, I've had, I remember there was one time, um, when I was a, when I was a junior and I was, man, I was newly baptized in, in the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, I was, I, I really was, re- had only recently rededicated my, my life to Jesus. Um, I, I grew up in church and I went nuts in college and I, I really, I learned what a relationship with Jesus really looked like and rededicated my life to, to Jesus and, and college. And, um, but I was like newly, you know, rededicating my life to Jesus. And I remember every single day I would sit, sit with the Lord every morning and ask him for, you know, I was just so hungry to grow and, and words of knowledge, I was hungry to grow and learning how to hear the father. And I would just sit and ask him for anything, a picture, a word. So I wanted to share, I made it a goal to share uh, the gospel with, with one person a day, just one person in between my classes and, you know, whether in the dining hall or something, but uh, I would ask the Lord for uh, just one person. And I remember there was one day I heard, uh, okay, uh, depression, uh, girl in blue, um, McComas gym. Um, that's a gym on, on campus. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And, and again, it didn't sound like a booming voice. Hannah, go to McComas gym. You know, it actually was just like a rant. It came to me like a spontaneous thought. Um and, you know, I'm growing and, okay, wondering what this looks like. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to go for it. And so um, I went to the gym and I, I saw a girl sitting at a, at a table as I entered the gym and she was wearing a blue shirt. And, you know, I walked up to her and I was like, hi, what's your name? And, you know, learned what her name is, introduced myself. Hi, my name's Hannah. Um, look, this is going to sound crazy. Um, I'm learning to hear the voice of, of the Lord. But uh, the Lord told me, I believe, that 
uh, to come here and to, to talk to a girl in a blue shirt that she would be severely depressed at the gym. And this girl started weeping. She had just asked the Lord to send somebody that day. It, yes, if, if someone, if, if the Lord's really real, to send someone that day uh, to talk to her. And so I ended up sharing the gospel and I'm praying for her. This girl gets wrecked by the Lord. I go home. I then get a Facebook message from a girl from James Madison who said, I don't know who you are, but thank you. I asked some of the Lord today to send someone to share the gospel to my friend. And you were the answer to my prayer. And so, again, like, I just practiced each day, just, and it came to me like a spontaneous thought. But again, like, I had to act on it. Um, and that's one of just hundreds of stories of me just learning how to hear the voice of the Lord. And I've also missed it. But I also think, too, I can't tell you how many times, like, I can't tell you how many times how the Lord has also used, even if I missed a word from the Lord. Like, you can't go wrong with who you share the gospel with. Okay, I do want to make this clear. Because I, I think so often, what I see so often is, like, I think people will go out and do an evangelism and they'll like, you know, they'll be so focused on hearing like the perfect word from the Lord. So they'll circle the campus like a hundred times and then like never share Jesus with one single person like the whole hour. Okay, guys, I just want to ask a question. Who who does the Lord want to hear the gospel? <laughs> yes, everyone. So does that mean that you missed it if you get rejected? No! Just because you get rejected doesn't mean you missed it. Um, there's an amazing evangelist that I got to do evangelism uh, with. Um, he's amazing. His name is John Farino. Um, he did a study, actually. Um, he's, he's amazing. He's done evangelism on training under the just best evangelists in the world. But he did um, a study, and he found that on average, it takes the average person seven times to hear the gospel before they receive it. Um, and that's just the average. Obviously, for many people, it could be more or less. But the average person, seven times. So you could be first. You could be the second person. You could be the third. But every single one of those those moments of sharing the gospel was pivotal and them receiving Jesus that seventh time. And you might not get to see the fruit of it, but one day they could be like standing on a, on a stage one day saying, man, I was walking to class and this girl named Sarah walked up to me and started talking about Jesus. And I didn't get it. I, I, I didn't really want anything to do with her in the moment, but man, it really got me thinking. And like, she really touched my life. And I went back to my room and I, you know, X, Y, Z. And before you know it, this girl saved, you know, years later. And, and you were part of that. And you might not ever get to see the fruit of it. Our job is to plant seeds. Um, sometimes we get to see them, them blossom and, and grow. Sometimes we don't. That's not our job. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so, again, I just want to encourage you. I get rejected, like, literally all the time, like, every day. Um, just expect rejection. Just like, you know, obviously you want to expect that Jesus received, that people receive Jesus. But don't take it personally if people reject you. It's just, it's just part of it. It's part of, part of sharing the gospel. Um, definitely the point of this class is not to burden you in terms of putting a chore on your back. Um, one of the biggest points of this class is to be intentional, but, but love for the lost has, has got to be first and your, your foremost greatest motivation. Um, love for God should, should motivate the evangelist uh, sharing the gospel. It makes a difference in the way that you share the gospel. It, it does. Um, ask God for, for, for his heart for the lost every day. Um, 
it, it makes a huge difference. People will want what you have. The more we love people, the more we will be motivated to share the gospel. Romans 5 says that, you know, the spirit of God motivates the evangelist uh, to love those who, who are still God's enemies. Um, and evangelists are, are shepherds of, of the lost. Um, in Luke 15, you know, for the evangelists, they feel what, what God feels, you know, when there's more joy in heaven over one lost sheep uh, being saved than over 99 who already are in the sheepfold. Um, and if you have the heart of an evangelist, um, and you, but you're, you know, you're, you're, you're wanting to walk and move in the power of the Holy Spirit, then you must pray, pray, pray for the lost daily and you will gain a heart for the lost. Ask for God's heart for the lost. Pray for, for God's power to move in the heart of men because without God, it really doesn't matter how eloquently you share the gospel. If God doesn't move, no one's getting saved. And so we must be dependent upon, upon, uh, upon God. And I also want to encourage you to, um, you know, even if you haven't been saved long, the moment that you, that you got saved, your testimony became valid and you have a story, you know? And I think many times, I think some, some insecurities uh, that people have about sharing the gospel is, okay, well, I, I don't know enough scripture. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm here to, let's debunk this insecurity. Is everybody listening? Yes, yes, we're not thinking about what we're going to eat for lunch. Yes, okay, so I want to I wanna debunk this insecurity. I don't know enough scripture to share the gospel. If that's, you know, what you're, you know, what you're leaning on, I'm here to tell you, you'll always be waiting to share the gospel because you're never going to know enough. Yeah, that's really, your, the, the, the really, you're hiding behind fear and not wanting to admit it. Um, the deeper issue, like I said, is, is it's rooted in fear. You'll always be waiting if you're waiting until you know enough scripture. You'll, you'll never know enough. Um, uh, again, I'm not devaluing the, the beauty of knowing scripture. Um, but like I said, like there's a heart issue here that we have to realize. Um, it's, it's in about finding our adequacy in the Holy Spirit. Um, it can't be about how much scripture we know. I, and again, like I'm not, I don't want anybody to leave here and say, man, Hannah said not knowing the Bible is, you know, the Bible is not important. That's not what I'm saying. Everybody just calm your Nelly, Sally. We're fine. Um, look, I, I believe that the Bible is your lifeline. It is your heartbeat. It is breath in your lungs. Without, without reading the Bible every day, man, your walk with God, it's not going to survive. You, you need it. You, you need the Bible. You need him desperately. What I am saying is, woe is you if you elevate your knowledge above the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm saying. Man, like, when did Jesus start his, his ministry? You know, he, he knew God better than anybody. He was God. Guys, and he didn't start his ministry till he received the Holy Spirit, till he was baptized. And, you know, the Holy Spirit ascended him like the dove. When did he tell his disciples who knew him better than, than everybody else? Because they spent the most time with him. They couldn't start their ministry. Jesus told them to wait until they received the Holy Spirit. So, again, my goal here is that you would lean desperately on more on the Holy Spirit than your skills and your talents and your knowledge Man, like, I've seen new believers who all they knew was John 3, 16, pray people into the kingdom. That's amazing. So, again, uh, let's be people that, that value the Holy Spirit more than, 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 man, our wisdom and our knowledge. Let's not make evangelism about us. Okay? Um, so, um, let me see here. Where are we at? 10, 17. Um, awesome. Um, we went over that. 
Um, examples of how I, how I start conversation, I always ask, I, I do it so many different ways. Um, I introduce myself, ask for their name. I, I'm always relational. Um, you know, I, many times if they, you know, if I get a word of knowledge, I'll lean with the word of knowledge. Sometimes I'll, I'll ask, hey, like, I'm looking to pray for people today. Um, I just saw you sitting over there and I wanted to ask how I could pray for you. Um, and sometimes they'll tell me, they'll tell me what to pray. And I'm like, gosh, it's just easy bait for me to like share Jesus and what they're going through. Sometimes they don't want to share with me and I'm like, oh, I'm good. I get that all the time. And I'm like, okay, that's okay. That's awesome. Can I just pray for you in general? And, um, many times they'll say yes. And then I ask, you know, after I pray what their faith background, and I just start a conversation. Awesome. What's your faith background? And I'll let them tell me and okay, awesome. Tell me more about that. And I get to know them. Um, and then I share what I believe, then I make it a conversation. Um, so sometimes that's the way that I introduce it. Um, one time I sometimes, I mean, I've just been walked up to someone. There's one girl that I prayed into the kingdom that's in my life group um, named Kat. Um, I just walked up to her on campus during Mission Move In. I said, man, I saw you walking by and Jesus just burdened my heart for you. Um, sometimes I just go for it. Be like, man, do you know Jesus? <laughs> And she was known. I just shared the gospel, and she got saved on the sidewalk outside her dorm. And she's been coming to our life group. Like, she hasn't missed a single life group. And we meet every Tuesday morning to study the Bible together. And she's Jesus is wrecking her life in every amazing way possible um, and healing her and redeeming so many things in her life. Um, but and then, you know, one time I, I shared the gospel. Uh, I could tell so many stories. One time I shared the gospel just because, I, like I said, through... I saw a girl when I was getting almond milk with a broken leg, asked how she broke, you know, hi, my name's Hannah. What happened to your leg? Okay, awesome. You, you run track? Oh, man, how, how are you doing with that? Is that hard for you? I make sure I see people. Make sure you see people. Man, how are you doing? How are you doing with that? Man, I know that's so hard. Yeah, I used to be a runner, and I, I, I know how hard it is to have an injury like that, especially when you have all this pressure and scholarship and things like that on you and coaches on your back. I know what that's like. I'm so sorry. Can I pray for you? Uh, you know, like, do you know Jesus? Man, Jesus changed my life when I was in college, you know? Um, so I've started it like that. Um, there's so many ways. I'm hoping it's 1020, so I'm supposed to, so I'm supposed to end now. I could just keep talking forever. Um, okay, so I need to, I need to end. However, I'll give you a few resources and I'll, I'll be sticking around as well. So I didn't get to the Q&A, but like I said, I'll be around all day. Um, But some resources, I really love the book God's Face by uh, Doug Pullock. That's one of my favorite things. Um, I think it's it's an amazing, amazing book. Um, That's a lot of relational evangelism. I also, he recommends a a website that I also love called doableevangelism.com. Um, so doableevangelism.com, God's Face, Doug, and this, that's the book, God's Face, Doug Pollock. And then another YouTube channel that I really, really love that has a lot of uh, evangelism, apologetics, sharing the gospel. I really love uh, Living Waters Ministries, a YouTube channel I follow. Um, really, really love him. This guy goes out like every day sharing the gospel with, you know, and he has different videos sharing the gospel with an atheist, sharing the gospel with a homosexual, sharing the gospel with transgender, sharing the gospel, just all, you know, he goes out and shares the gospel with all these different uh, scenarios, sharing the gospel with a Catholic. Um, I really, really love, love, I devour his YouTube channel. Um, so Living Waters is, 
is amazing. Um, and again, make sure you guys follow up. My, another tip that I have for you guys in evangelism is make sure you get their number rather than the other way around. If one of you has to get the number, make sure you always get the number. Can't tell you how many times as a rookie I gave them my number and either they forgot my name, they got busy, whatever. But if you have their number, the ball is in your court. Um, you're not just waiting for them to reach out to you. Uh, I can't tell you how many contacts have been lost because it was the other way around. Uh, so make sure you get their number. Please get their number and screenshot it or something. So, you know, because we're human or take, I, I usually make a note. I, I know during move-in week, I put MMI mission move-in 2022. So I can just literally have a list and I'll go down the list and reach out to all my contacts, my evangelism contacts. So but make create a system in your head. Um, just don't let them slip slip through the cracks and, and reach out to your contacts within two to three days um, after sharing the gospel. There's really like a two to three day grace period because, you know, again, they're like chickens with their head cut off. You know, they don't know how to follow Jesus. And the last thing we want is for the enemy to snatch the, the seed, to snatch the word of God. You know, they get back with their friends. They're invited to another party. And then, you know what I mean? God just had done this amazing thing and moved and they just cried with you in prayer on the sidewalk. And, um, and then they get back with their friends and, you know what I mean? They just begin to lose interest. Make sure it, within a, a two to three days you follow up with them. Um, so, again, the enemy doesn't have time to, to snatch, uh, snatch the seed. Um, from rocky soil or, or whatever. Um, so I highly recommend that. Um, but I'm going to pray for us because it's 1023 and it's time for you guys to get to your, your next session. So Jesus, we, we love you. We love you so much, God. We're, we're so thankful for what you did um, on the cross. We're so thankful, God, for, for this amazing uh, personal story that's just so personal to us. God, you saved us, and Jesus. And um, we want to share uh, the amazing, amazing love story um, of how you came and, and you died for us, God. Would you help us, God? Would you give us boldness, God? Would you would you help us with, with our fear, our insecurities, Jesus? And would you help us to love people the way that you you, you love them, God? Um, so, God, we, we want to see people people led to, to the altar and led to your feet and led to the cross to Jesus. And we want to be vessels of that, God. Would you help us, God? Um, and so we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.